Welcome to the New Flesh Podcast. My name is Brett Arnold, at Brett Redacted on Twitter. Hi, Joe Villa. I'm aware the audio is bad. Uh, I forgot the mic at home. The one I use at work is not available, surprisingly enough, so doing this old school. And this is a usually much better sounding podcast about horror movies. Uh, don't, don't go too crazy there. <laughs> Uh, definitely the worst sounding one we've done in a while. And this is a horror movie podcast about horror movies and all things tangentially related to the horror lifestyle. What are what's the main event today, Brett? You know what? We don't have a, a I guess the main event today will be the HBO Michael Jackson documentary Leaving Neverland. Horrifying. Which, yeah, not a typical horror film, but it is horrifying for uh reasons. Um and then also there's a new uh, Hulu Blumhouse into the dark made for TV movie that uh, you know we have pretty I mean most people have very bad uh, opinions of oh sure of this uh, franchise it's not great uh, will this one be the one that changes everything Find is this out. number five this is, is number this I think it's six it's hard in October right oh my god are we halfway through we're halfway through the year I don't know how many I, I'm assuming I'm assuming they're just doing a year. I don't know if they're gonna keep this up forever, especially based on uh, the the dwindling returns so far. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so there's one of those to talk about, and I think that'll be it. Besides uh, the news and uh, anything else you watched that's not horror. Uh, nothing I can think of the top of my head. Uh, nothing. I'll get back to you on that. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was a busy week for us. I was actually traveling. I actually saw Joe. Joe and I hung out. At a bar in, wow. was it Los Feliz? Where were we? Yes, I believe, uh, I believe that was Echo Park, a place called, I forgot what it was called, that, that, the Halloway? <laughs> Halloway sounds right, yeah. Yeah, it was nice to see you for literally an hour. One Dude hour. shows up, and he's like, yeah, I gotta go, uh, you like really wanted to get to your... Um... I didn't really want to get anywhere, I had to, I had to get somewhere because uh, my ticket was held hostage. Yeah, he wanted, he wanted to catch the opening act. Now he wanted to see Umphreys. He wanted to see the opening band too, which is yeah, which my friend is in and peak Brett, Ar- peak, peak Brett Arnold right there. <laughs> it's true. Uh, the Umphreys shows in Oakland and L.A. were both uh, above average shows. I would say very good, very fun. Uh, was cool to see my uh, West Coast peeps. I actually also, when I was in San Francisco for a hot second. I saw my uh, my buddy who owned the company that I worked for when I was in Cupertino, California for three months. He's doing great. He sold his company. He's got an amazing apartment in San Francisco. It's really fucked up. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, great. I'm, happy I'm so happy success. for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Congrats, Keshav. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, uh, well, you, yeah. you went to a yeah. concert that night because I did sure. have... I did have extra Umphreys tickets to give away, apparently, that no one Jesus used. Christ. So uh, what was your excuse? <laughs> what show did you see? I went and saw Daughters at the Regent Theater, and it was incredible. Is that, a, seen... is that a John Mayer cover band? It is. I don't even get the reference. Uh, it... He had a song called Daughters. It works. Move on. No, it's okay. it's not. Uh, <laughs> Google them, listeners. They're great. They came back after like an eight-year hiatus with an incredible new album, and the show was excellent. 
Do you think, though, hey, if I wasn't going to a show that night, would you have invited me to the Humphreys uh, concert? Of course I was. That's why I asked what you were doing, and then you had a show. I didn't even bring it up. I thought you'd laugh uh-huh. at me. I would have, uh, but that actually would have been pretty funny to go and be like, ah, I knew this sucked. I mean, it's like what uh, Scott Ackerman had an entire podcast with Harris Whittles about how uh, trying to get him to like fish, which culminated in them going to a show and Scott bringing a mic with him and recording his experience. I, yeah. I listened to it, and he, and he seemed pretty unimpressed. I think that... Uh, he was very unimpressed, and he also was tripping on mushrooms while repeatedly talking about how he's not tripping on mushrooms. It's classic people on drug stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah I, I don't really feel it, but he like, is sounding kookier and kookier. It was great. Yeah, I feel like listening to that podcast, and maybe that will be the offset podcast for us where you try to, we each try to convince each other to like uh, the music that we like. But see, that wouldn't work anyway because you kind of like the stuff I do. You just have this weird blind spot where you like garbage. <laughs> blind <can't> spot. <laughs> but it's just like, I, I, like I've like i been dragged to plenty of terrible concerts before. So after 10 minutes of like having a couple of beers and being like, yeah, I get it. And then like, you know, gawking at people, I'd be like, I can't do this for three I hours. I don't know. Humphrey's just... music is just like loud enough and interesting enough. I feel like you'd at least be like, yeah, I, I, I get why you think they're talented. I don't like it, but I understand it. I don't know. I, I, like, I feel like it's fun to get it. people to go for the first time. Keon went for the first time yeah. uh, the night before I saw you, and he yeah. had a great time. Granted, he, we, we all were very drunk. And, yes, uh, that's, so that's key. I don't know. He had a good time. With all, this, with all this jam band stuff, people have been saying about Umphreys and Fish. It's always like, dude, you got to go. You got to get in these drugs. You got to make sure you're yeah, peeking right when this happens. It's the drugs. That's yeah, what are, you're excited about. There are people who say that and people who are definitely like that. I don't do drugs at shows. And I I mean, we got drunk, if you call that a drug. We no, got we real drunk. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a fun – he was a passive – he used to hate them and we got him to listen to them uh, the past year for some reason. And he was like, okay, I'll go. And he had a great time. He thought it was really cool and fun. They actually – he was hoping they'd do some covers and they ended up doing like three covers that night. And it was really great. Imagine that. Going to see a band and hoping they don't play their own music. <laughs> well, yeah, he's not a fan. I don't care for the covers. The covers are fun, depending on what they are. Right. Um, well, this isn't, this isn't a jam band podcast, but I will just say God, this. Is I wish it was. This is, this, is what we'll, oh God. this is where I'll leave it. Jam bands, they're like jazz. They suck. <laughs> that, yeah, okay. Yeah, we should move. Uh, but what else? What else did you do this past weekend? Anything? Not that man is getting ready for this trip and really busy with work, trying to tie up all the loose ends before I go. Uh, Mo and I are going to Spain and Portugal for two weeks. We're leaving Friday, uh, so by the time this comes out, I, I'm somewhere in Spain or Portugal. Uh, here's how it works: she gets really excited about a trip. We start putting it together. I instantly am like, what about these things? And she's like, nah, we're not doing any of that stuff. And then she approaches me <laughs> the week before and is like, help me plan this trip. And it's a lot of like, basically, I say something. She's like, no, let's just do this instead. And then I'm like, okay, great. So uh, I guess I helped plan this trip by just suggesting things that she hates to help inspire her to come up with things that she actually wants to do. So looking forward to it. <laughs> Lots to look forward to. Any fans in Spain or Portugal, hit me up. <laughs> you know, we have a few in weird places, according to our, our SoundCloud. Not yeah, weird, sure. you know, just distant. I'm already alienating them. I'm doing great. <laughs> What's weird about Greece, motherfucker? I'm done. Delete. <laughs> I want to go to Greece so bad. That's my number one uh, destination. I think I'll go this this or next year. Yeah, Market. Yeah. How about this? You, this should, uh, why don't you take her there for your honeymoon? Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I want to go sooner than that. You're moving in together. What's the next step? 
Yeah, I un- I understand the next steps. I just we, we stayed with my cousins in LA uh the past the last two days. Mm-hmm. And you know, the second she left the dinner table, they're like, "When are you getting married? Tell us everything." So yeah, yeah all those. When you get married, when you get married, you have nothing to do to talk to your single friends except when are they getting married? Don't worry, dude. When my first kid shows up, that's all I'm fucking talking about. Yeah, yeah, I get it now. I'm I see the light. Yeah. All right. Ready for some bits and, and pieces? by that I mean I'm balding to a degree where I need to lock this shit down immediately. I mean it is true. Like I mean like <laughs> no offense, but like. I'm not. I'm not going to comment on how attractive you may or may not be, but let's be honest. Wherever you're at right now, it's only going to go down. <laughs> you're not going to suddenly get ripped. So, oh yeah, uh, I know. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, no, I'm not going to get <laughs> ripped. Never. That'll never be yeah. true. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, enough of this personal stuff. Yikes. <laughs> Wait, real um, quick. I'm the same way. Like, I know what I look like. I, I I have to work out a lot just to maintain this base level of pathetic weight. Do you dude. really? Have you ever been fat in your life? No, this is the fattest I've ever been. That's crazy. You're a very svelte man. Yeah, good genes. Mm. Yeah. Hear that, parents? You blew it. This is. <laughs> This isn't my fault. Yeah. I was born this way. I'm going to go order Domino's after this. All right. Let's move on. What is it? Time for Joe. Uh, it is time for bits and pieces. Going to add some stuff in here because I'm using my laptop mic. Bits and pieces. You can't add uh, sound effects anymore? Are no, you... I can't. You can't hear it. Can oh. you hear this? Can you okay. hear this? Oh, no. But it's playing on your track right now. So yeah, like yeah, the so, audience yeah. will hear it, but I'll never have heard it. That's incredible. You I mean, make... it, wouldn't, it wouldn't kill you to listen to the back to the podcast <laughs> once in a while. What does that mean? That sounds hard. <laughs> um, all, right. all right. Let me pull up the news here. All right. Well, a bunch of trailers dropped, and I want to just shout them out because I haven't watched them because I'm, I'm being very good about trailers lately. I know if you're new to the show, I don't, I don't like watching trailers, generally speaking, because why spoil the movie you're you're probably gonna watch already, uh, that you know you're probably gonna watch already. That's my. Well, I, I, I want to counter that with two things. One, most people don't see as many movies as you do, and to me, I'm the exact opposite. I want to see every trailer just because. So I'm you can like, weed it out, like which ones you need. Yeah, to pretty see. much. Because every movie, every there's a there's a big film festival every month now, and then my feed is just filled with you know every film festival has at least three or four best movie of the years, best indie film you know in quotes. And I'm like, God damn, I'm never gonna see these movies. So I'm gonna watch the trailer and be like, Yeah, I got it. Okay, well, I I agree with watching trailers on stuff you maybe are not interested in or think you might not be interested in or are curious about. But like this, for example, Midsummer or Midsummer, however you pronounce it, the trailer for Ari Aster who made Hereditary, his new movie, still with A24. Uh, the trailer's out. I see it as a one-minute and 40-second trailer, so I'll call that a teaser. Um, I have not watched it. Maybe Joe has and can shed some light yep. on some stuff, but uh, I don't want to hear about it, so I'm going to throw my headphones off. Why don't you talk about it for 30 seconds? Are you really going to walk away for 30 seconds? I'm going to take my headphones off for 30 seconds. Are you going to say, <laughs> are you gonna say uh, hateful things about me? I don't think so. Why don't you give me uh, <laughs> 15 seconds? Ready? Okay. Sure. Go. <clears throat> this is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, the Midsummer trailer looks awesome. Uh, very excited to see it. Has like a Wicker Man vibe to it. Looks like he's going back to the well for what appears to be possibly some sort of like um, folk tale monster or something. Uh, but this one, instead of being a house, people are going to some foreign area. 
a foreign area. God damn it. I know so much. Anyway, (laughs) uh, so to wrap it up without giving away any spoilers, I think it looks very good. And let's all not go in there thinking we're going to see something as great and as moving as Hereditary. Let the guy just make another film. Let it wash over you. Let's not go in there being like, okay, wow me like you did last time. Different movie, new set of standards. Let's just all try to enjoy all these great movies that are coming out without casting our bullshit onto it. Okay. You still? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would also say that because there's more us stuff coming out and aren't kind of, you know, there's a lot of Jordan Peele think pieces coming out and it's us going to be another this and that. It's like, yo, just let these people make movies. Let's not all be like holding them to some ridiculous standard. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, as far as this movie goes, uh, the trailer, from what I can tell from people sharing stills, it looks very like it's all set in the daytime and very bright, which is like, I feel like some of the scariest moments in hereditary are not, you know, particularly dark. So interesting uh it's an interesting uh color palette to have for a that's a good movie. point i didn't really think about that one thing that is really good about hereditary is that um not a lot of lurks in the darkness a lot of things there's are that, pretty... yeah there's that one shot of her in the corner that's like takes advantage of the dark that's pretty cool of course but for the most but, part i feel like she you know yeah, his his nightmares he has and when he's in the um when he's in the classroom or when she's like driving around and freaking out yeah that's a good point yeah good ferrari Thank you. I make good points sometimes. Show me the goods, Ari. Um, the other trailers that are notable are, I guess there's a second trailer for Brightburn. Is that what it's called? Or Blackburn? Yes. Brightburn. Okay. Right. Brightburn. The it's like a it's like a horror movie with the premise being like, what if Superman dropped to Earth, like some kid dropped to Earth from an alien planet, and he was like a murderer or something? Is that the idea? Sorta. Uh, let's say it's, um, without giving too much away. Gonna, it looks like it'll be focusing on that point and, and the Superman lineage, although it's not Superman. I don't know if lineage is the right word either. That the sentence was totally terrible. The point of the Superman <laughs> story where he like becomes a, t- a young boy and realizes his powers, it's that moment in the storyline, but he's realizing that. But he's also like a teenage boy. So, you know, if a teenage boy who was maybe picked on and weird finds out he has unbelievable strength... Think he's going to be fucking flying around saving fucking kittens? Nope. All right. Fair enough. I'll watch that movie. Also, I will not watch the trailer. Uh, the other big trailer that I also haven't watched, but I feel comfortable I should watch it. It's for a TV <laughs> show that I'm excited about. It's for a show coming to Cinemax based on an original concept by Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, the series is created by Jonathan Tropper, who did for Cinemax one of my favorite shows that I talked about in the past, uh, Banshee. And uh, Justin Lin. That's right. Justin Lin of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Really good action director. So the plot of this show is set at the set during the times of the Tong Wars in the late 1800s in San Francisco. The series follows Ah Sam, a martial arts prodigy originating from China, who immigrates to San Francisco and ends up becoming a hatchet man for the most powerful Tong in Chinatown. I'm assuming Tong is like a uh, uh, like a mob type thing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, from what I know of all that stuff comes solely from Big Trouble in Little China. And yeah, they kept talking about the tongue. So I'm assuming it's the gang or the gang lord or gang leader. So in 1971, Bruce Lee developed a concept for the TV series called The Warrior about a martial artist in the American Old West. But he was having trouble pitching it to Warner Bros. and Paramount. According to Bruce Lee's widow, uh, Lee's concept was retooled and renamed Kung Fu 
with David Carradine cast in the lead role, mm-hmm. and Warner Brothers gave Bruce Lee no credit. Uh, Warner Brothers stated that they had for some time been developing the identical concept created by two writers and producers who sound incredibly you know, white. Ed Spielman and Howard Friedlander. And Howard Whiteman. Yeah. According to these sources, the reason Lee was not cast was in part because of his ethnicity, but more so because he had a thick accent. Uh, so in 2015... By the way, that, that then it, it's both his ethnicity. Well, you know, we didn't want to pick him because he's Asian and also because he sounds Asian. Yeah. Like, it's that's not because the same. he's Asian, it's because he sounds Asian. <laughs> and also it's looks Asian. ridiculous. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, that's totally what happened. <laughs> Uh, so in 2015, Perfect Storm Entertainment and Bruce Lee's daughter announced that the series would be produced and would air on Cinemax, and Justin Lin is directing, it looks like, the entire thing. Um, the trailer came out. Uh, I've heard it looks awesome. I haven't watched it, but very fucking excited for the show. Does it have a premiere yeah. date? Let's see. Don't see one. It just says 2019. Um, excited about that. And what else do I got? Um, oh, Jason Blum did some Twitter Q&A. The other day and just put the nail in a coffin of a couple things i wanted to say someone asked about sinister three and he just said nope so there you really? go yeah he said when asked if sinister three was a possible a possibility he just said nope and someone said i need to see Bagul on the big screen again is there any chance it's a possibility and he said well maybe on the small screen but no yeah refresh my memory which one was sinister sinister is the one with the first one has is it ethan hawk Oh my god, I love that movie, dude. That movie is so good. The one where he finds the tapes in the attic because he's trying to figure out like what yes. he's writing the book. Yes. That movie is so scary. That's a really good... Oh, I don't think I saw the second one. What the, second the second one sucks. Does don't it? watch it. It's like, the, yeah, I, I don't remember much about it other than... It, I think it stars... What's her name? Shannon... Oh god. She was in... She was in the, A Knight's Tale, the female lead in that movie. It's like Shannon Sasama or something. She got a name... God, what's her name? Am I right? I don't know. Yeah, so. Shannon Sossaman. She was in it. Uh, Ethan Hawke's not in it. It's just, it's, I remember it being very boring. And I couldn't tell you why I didn't like it because I haven't seen it in a while. But the original Sinister is really good. And it is, if you don't remember, if you didn't know, it's written by uh, a former Ain't It Cool News writer, C. Robert Cargill. Well, I think uh, if anyone hasn't seen the first Sinister, required viewing it's really great very effective i guess i never saw the second one because it was so bad because i really liked the first one that's a shame no more sinister anything else that uh, came out of that blum q and a uh someone asked about happy death day three and he said not very likely but not impossible and when th- this comes after uh the director said to entertainment weekly i have more than an idea for the third one i always imagine in this as a trilogy so i have a third movie it's just a question of whether this one does well i would love to make the third one is what he said but um, the box office results for the new one are actually really, really underwhelming. It really? has made well, you know, it's Blumhouse, so relatively speaking, like it's still profitable. It costs nine, and it's made like twenty-five. But the original movie, I'm pretty sure, made like it made it ended its domestic run with fifty-five, and this one's gonna top out at like thirty max, probably maybe mm. thirty-five. Um, but internationally, it's got another 30, so it's at worldwide. Basically, worldwide, the second one has made now what the first one ended up with domestically. It's at 55. And with a $9 million budget, that's fine, but it's not like people are clamoring for the for this franchise. And like when you look at the opening weekends and the fact that uh, the second one had a $9 million opening weekend and the first one had a, a $27 million opening weekend, like 
you're not going to half, you know, the half life theory or whatever. It's going to get halved again the next time. So, uh, it's not, it's not worth their time. I don't think. It's yeah. Good. I don't think so either. Also, you know, we're talking about a Blumhouse property uh, in a minute here, but I mean, how many fucking movies is a studio uh, pushing out or his production company? And they're not a huge Hollywood studio. So at some point they just got to like start saying no to stuff. Yeah. And it's happening and that's fine. That franchise sucks. I know yeah. people like it, but ugh, it's not horror. I like the, I like the first one. You should see the second one. I'm curious what you'd think. I think you'd think it would, it's, it sucks really bad. It's, I don't know any. I don't know anyone who liked it. Uh, Louis Peitzman, I just saw, rated it four and a half stars on Letterboxd. We should have him on. To out of what? Out of five. What? Lou, come on, buddy. <laughs> Lou. Um, mm-hmm. All right, more news. This is very exciting for a lot of horror fans. Uh, Shudder just announced that the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs, which has been – they did a, a Thanksgiving special. They did a Christmas special. And I think maybe even a New Year's one. They've done three specials uh, lately. One of them was a 24-hour marathon. Um, they're doing it as a weekly series starting March 29th. So it's going to be Joe Bob. Essentially, the show is just Joe Bob introducing movies. Like, it's basically, what was that, like, TBS thing, dinner in a movie, where, like, two hosts are, like, you know, bullshitting with you, and they show a movie, and they cut, They you know, instead of commercials, they do, like, little tasks during the thing this yeah sort of it's kind of like that this is just like him sitting there and telling you a lot about these movies you're about to watch and i'm not sure if they actually interrupt them but i know we like before them he just kind of talks about it for a while and i think they're called wraparounds where you kind of after every commercial well normally it'd be commercial breaks you're gonna intro they would intro and outro everything or pretty much everything um but i mean there's no i don't know what he's gonna be doing as yeah, I wonder what they're going to do because there's no commercial breaks on Shutter, So, weird. Well, yeah. Who knows? And a uh, friend of the show, John Brennan, does the theme song for that show. So, good for him. Getting wow, really? Out. Yeah. I actually, Yo, wait, I, go John. He was telling me about that when we went to go see – we saw Ween together like a month or, or a couple months ago. You and John are close. Is he still a trauma? He's still a trauma. Yeah, they were, they're doing uh, the Shakespeare thing right now that's going to be huge for them that they're very excited about. I, oh, forget, nice. I forget what it is, but it's a Shakespeare adaptation, and it sounds nuts. And I'm pretty sure uh, what's it? I think uh, uh, Kaufman is is directing it. Like he, you know, he hasn't directed anything in a while. Um, cool. So yeah, good for Shutter. Good for John. What else is going on? Oh, Elizabeth Moss is allegedly going to star in Blumhouse's Universal uh, uh, Invisible Man, the Lee Wannell movie. Not sure if that means it's going to be the Invisible Woman or if she's just the, a female lead in the movie and they haven't cast the male lead yet. Nobody knows. But Elizabeth Moss... Why has it got to be an Invisible Man? Why can't it be an Invisible Woman? That's Why can't it be saying. an Invisible Gender Fluid Person? Yeah, invisible. The, in, the Invisible Person. The Invisible Person. Yeah, they should call it that. I, I, I could see them leaning into it, calling it the Invisible Woman. Why not? Uh, I think you would... You know, It behooves Blumhouse, who had that dumbass comment last year about our yeah was it this year i think it was last year about how you know he couldn't name he had like have to call his assistant to, to tell him the name of a female filmmaker he talked to like hey julie hey julie what's the name of that broad is doing that one thing like that like really, yeah really. it was pretty bad so put him on mute next time at least <laughs> so yeah i think blumhouse is probably like how do we <laughs> how do we rectify this uh, uh but we're speculating so that's just interesting i would love to see i would love to a see them announce invisible woman and i would love to see the absolute meltdowns 
on the internet be like, it's the invisible, my childhood's ruined. Like, first of all, you're going to be like 90 for that movie to be part of your childhood. But also like, something, oh, I'm an invisible man purist. It's supposed to be the invisible man, not the invisible woman. Like, <laughs> I, I would never stop laughing at, at that fucking backlash. Well, those people are having a meltdown over Captain Marvel right now, so they're a little busy. Was Captain Marvel not always a woman? No, it's just the idea that there's a woman superhero movie at all. They're very mad. They're very mad at this coming out and taking all the superhero jobs away from everyone else. I actually was re- looking at some, some I forget what I was looking. I think maybe it was a video that came across my feed. But Captain Marvel, the original thing is, uh, is like so. The, there's a movie coming out called Shazam, mm-hmm. and apparently that character is the original Captain Marvel. Does that make okay. sense? So like the, so it's the first. So the Shazam is the first film version of the character since the 1941 serial Adventures of Captain Marvel. It's just like, it's entirely separate that there's a Captain Marvel movie that's about Carol Danvers. I do not understand. I, I was read- in the impression, I don't, all I know about Shazam, I thought that's it's about a kid who gets transformed into a, a superhero. And the whole thing is like, as yeah, a big yes. Superman-looking guy, he's kind of dumb and yeah. pumping and the stuff. And, and that person's like, name was Captain Marvel at, in, the, in some original comic, apparently. I don't understand how captain marvel the shazam ends up being a marvel property i'm well, not you know well... what I'm, sh- I'm sure they'll make uh, two trilogies of movies explaining it and everyone <laughs> will go see them good point um what else do i have here well i mean i have i have a few i have three bits of bad news i can hit to everyone real quick okay uh we lost uh three horror lifestyle livers in the past uh, week uh buffy the vampire movie star luke perry passed away from a stroke uh yeah horrible like 55 or something yeah real terrible currently on riverdale playing archie's dad i think the episodes are airing like tonight even it's really it's really sad really sad r.i.p luke perry also uh keith flint lead singer of the prodigy Firestarter. I mean, talk about living the horror lifestyle. That guy looked like a fucking nightmare. Anyway, uh, I was a Prodigy Mac fan. My bitch They're very good. I would recommend anyone to use your streaming device to go find Fat, their album Fat of the Land. That thing fucking bumps. Put in a speaker, some good headphones. You will not be disappointed. And last, and certainly not least, but got kind of buried under it because of those two uh, people passed. King Kong Bundy died. That uh, WWF guy? Yeah, the wrestler. I, to be honest, I didn't know he was still alive, but it was just like, yeah, he died. I don't know. I was entertained by him when I was a kid. R.I.P. Love, love, peace and love to the uh, the the Kong Bundy family. Right on. Uh, on a more back to horror bullshit note, mm-hmm. um, a couple a couple release date changes. Alexander Aja has a new movie that we've been talking about called The Crawl. It's being produced by, I want to say Sam Raimi. Yes, that's right. It's about, it's called uh, The Crawl, as I said, and it's about a ca- uh, woman tra- uh, trapped while trying to save her father during a Category 5 hurricane. Uh, mm-hmm. That that movie is coming out in July, July 12th, uh, 2019, instead of August. And we've got The Boy 2 from STX. Yes, starring, I want it. Starring Katie Holmes, which now comes out july 26 2019 four weeks after annabelle three and two weeks before midsummer so we got a lot of horror coming out uh in uh, this summer to look forward to the boy was 
I, I don't know what, what our official position on the boy on this podcast was, but it's I remember great. having so much fun with that movie. Oh, I love that movie. And you know what? The movie is so good. It starred What's-Her-Face from The Walking Dead. So right away, I'm just like, who cares? But it's so good. It's so well-made. The twist is, mwah. It's just, yeah. It, like, uh, it's very silly. And like I was definitely laughing, I guess, with it. I don't know if I was laughing at it, but I was having. I had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah, I mean, the silliness is kind of like, because you're, you're watching it from the, the, the lead woman's point of view. You know, treat these couples like here's our son. It's clearly Adele. They leave. Make sure you, you know, bathe them and 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 don't leave them alone. And she's like, yeah, sure, I will. And then Adele's like, pop it up at different places. It's just like it's just so delightfully creepy and weird and unfolds in a great way. And I just love the twist and how what uh, how the things reveal itself. It's it's very good. I, I, not a lot of people are talking about the boy. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Peep the boy. It's so somewhere. we'll see what they do too. Yeah, it came out a few years ago. It's a strange uh, yeah. late sequel with no with a different lead actress, but a uh, I'd say an arguably bigger lead actress. Katie Holmes is like she was once very big. Remember the gift? Is that isn't that Sam Raimi? Uh yeah, I don't know. All right. Uh, <laughs> what else? Do don't I don't have? have don't have that data in front of me. Sorry. Uh, the gift is in fact Sam Raimi. You don't remember that movie, The Gift? That was the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, Kate Blanchett was she the lead? Yeah, Kate Blanchett, uh, Giovanni cool. Ribisi, Keanu Keanu Reeves, and Greg Kinnear. Billy Bob Thornton wrote it. It's crazy. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, not bad, Billy Bob. Uh, Greg Kinnear's the killer. There you go. Oh my God! Spoilers <laughs> from a movie from two thousand, I think. Yeah, I mean, if you, if, you, if you haven't seen it, don't see it. It's fine. All right, so more news. Eli Roth is adapting a book called uh, Erica Ferencik's uh, The River at Night. You know, what is it called? The River at Night. Oh, okay. By Erica uh, no. Ferencik. I have no um, idea what that is. Let's see. In the novel... Stifled by a soul-crushing job, devastated by the death of her beloved brother, and lonely after the end of her 15-year marriage, Winnie is feeling vulnerable, so when her three best friends insist on a high-octane getaway for their annual girls' trip, she signs on, despite her misgivings. What starts out as an invigorating hiking and rafting excursion in the remote Allagash wilderness soon becomes an all-too-real nightmare. A freak accident leaves the women stranded, separating them from their raft and everything they need to survive. And Eli Roth says... Kevin Williamson and I, Kevin Williamson of Scream fame, Kevin and I had long been a mutually admir- uh, Kevin and I had long been. This is a bad sentence. Sorry, this they didn't write it correctly. When he told me this was Girls Trip meets Deliverance, I said I'm in. I've always been drawn to these clash of culture movies like Cabin Fever and Hostel, where they go over an adventure and everything turns against them, and we see what they're made of. The book is fun. Whatever. Um, I love Cabin Fever, and you know, not much else from him. But uh, that sounds like a fun premise, and I hope he doesn't fuck it up. That's how I feel about him when he's attached to stuff now. I'm just like, okay, well, don't fuck it up. Yeah, yeah, just stay away. For whatever reason, somewhere in Hollywood, the whole industry just got like this thing of like, oh, yeah, 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 Eli Roth. He's like the horror guy, and every couple of years he pops up, his name's in a project, it stinks, and then he goes away. He's, and, uh, he's riding Hollywood the high right now because he, he did that kid's movie that people Which liked. One? The house with the clock in its walls. What did he do for that? He directed that. Oh, fuck that guy. It, uh, it's definitely his highest grossing movie because it you know, wasn't just a horror movie. But it cost 42 and it made 131 worldwide. So 
it's his first big hit. Or actually, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's first big hit. Hostel must have been huge. Yeah, Hostel was big. Cabin Fever did all right. Um, I don't know. Um, I, do, I do not care for his work. And I forgot I will... he did Death Wish this last year, too. Yeah, which was a fucking flop. I don't, did it even go in theaters? It did. It, it did flop very bad. And Green Inferno flopped, thank God. Knock Knock was trash. Uh, yeah, these sucks. Green Inferno had such potential. I wish it was better. Yeah, um, he stinks. He every movie he he puts out, we we hear the premise. Like, I thought oh, Knock Knock was like funny, good, but you no. hated it, and I think oh, I society that? hates it. Um, all right, stinks. He's like another Max Landis. He's really good at like selling premises, or has whatever the connections to get things sold, but cannot deliver. Yep. All right. Um, Tyrese Gibson just joined Jared Leto in the. In, I believe it, it must be Sony's Sony's Marvel spinoff Morbius which is they're essentially you know what they're doing they're doing the Venom model because Venom was a huge success so now they're going to do another another just random villain movie that's a villain to Spider-Man but Spider-Man's not involved in the movie for legal reasons do you think this is why Leto's not doing the new Suicide Squad Um, I think Leto's probably not doing the new Suicide Squad for I I just don't know if his character is going to be in this in that movie, because mm-hmm. the Suicide Squad James Gunn's version allegedly has much different a uh, lot of different characters, um, and we know Will Smith left, but I know Deadshot is coming back, and that actually is my second bit of news. Idris Elba is going to replace Will Smith's character in the Suicide Squad sequel, if that's what it is. But it's also Good. being called like you know just a a different take, so I'm not sure if it's going to be a sequel. But basically, that article says that. Elba met with James Gunn on Friday and it went so swimmingly that talks are already beginning with the studio and he's his first and only choice. And the, and the Warner brothers is extremely high on that script. They love it. James wrote, has written four drafts of it already. Um, and yeah, I mean that other movie, the first one did, did so it made so much money that like, you can't argue it's not successful, but good luck finding someone that likes it. You know, it's like, it was not, it was not successful in terms of, anybody thought it was a good movie nobody did i can't think of anyone it's just a, it's like a have you did you watched it on a plane right yeah it's just like a hodgepodge of like like it's like a music video almost it's like a ju- it was nonsense it's just like a it jukebox was, movie every scene most, is just like a song nonsensical yeah. yeah one of the most nonsensical pieces of shit i've ever seen um anyway, but also like yeah. looks like a thing that like would make a lot of money so who knows yeah, so Morbius, the character is uh, a scientist who tried to cure himself of a blood disease with tragic results. He became afflicted with vampiric traits such as fangs and a thirst for blood and wound up battling Spider-Man. Um, he was revi- uh, first appeared in Marvel Comics and then eventually had his own called uh, Morbius the Living Vampire, which I think, you know, a vampire movie, fine. It's gonna If they lean into like horror and make it a vampire movie... And don't focus on like Spider-Man-y stuff. I think it has potential, but again, it's a big budget movie starring Jared Leto, so I don't really, I can't get that excited about it. Nope. Uh, this is actually exciting. Edge of Tomorrow, the Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt, uh, Doug Liman directed movie from Great movie. God, two thousand, I don't know, thir- fourteen or fifteen or something. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow is getting a sequel finally at Warner Bros. Nice. People have been talking about wanting this for a while, but the movie was like just barely enough of a hit to uh, uh, to you know instantly get a sequel. It made like I think three hundred seventy globally 
Uh, but like its, <laughs> it's budget was like two hundred. It was just like huge. Yeah. So uh, they're doing it though, and I think it's because that movie. Uh, people love it. It's already would you call it a cult classic? I don't know. It's always on TV. Um, I I think I think it's a good call to do a sequel, and I uh I hope it works out for them, but I don't think it will. The first one didn't make that much of a of a you know big splash, and if I recall, that's actually one of the movies that they like renamed it when it came out on DVD. Yep. It's like they call they it to. Live Die Repeat. They just like put that title on on uh, iTunes and like on the DVD cover. Yeah. Super fucking weird. But uh, I hope it's good. Looking forward to that. And uh, Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt both returning. Uh, what else? Quick hits. Rambo 5 is coming and it has a release date. Rambo, It's called Rambo 5 Last Blood. <laughs> and in the fifth installment of the franchise, when the daughter of one of his friends is kidnapped, Rambo is working on a ranch, crosses the U.S.-Mexico border, and quickly finds himself up against the full might of one of Mexico's most violent cartels. Cool, Fox News movie. Um, it'll be. Yeah. It comes out September twentieth of this year, so that's pretty quick turnaround. I didn't know it was even filming. I actually thought the last one, two thousand eight, the one that's just called Rambo, that movie's fucked up. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. It, I remember being like really violent. It's horrifically violent. Uh, I may have told the story before, but I was in the cinema tent at Bonnaroo Music Festival. What a sentence that is. Um, and Doug Benson, Jesus. Doug Benson was hosting a, a, a movie interruption of that movie. And it turned into just this really weird thing because, uh, everyone had forgotten how fucked up and violent that movie is. Like it just opens with like massacres of children and women and like, they're trying to like riff on it and be funny. And it was just really uncomfortable. <laughs> it, was, it was, yeah, like, I can imagine it was a very awkward experience, uh, but memorable. Uh, what else? Yeah. What else? By the way, that won't it won't be the last Rambo movie. He'll keep making them. Last Blood, and then the next one will be like the New Blood or whatever. I mean, he's not gonna stop. We, yeah, just we, like he he said he was gonna stop with Rocky. I think at Rocky Balboa, and there's been, you of know, of course not. Creed, Why would he? Creed is fucking huge and good, and I'm glad I'm glad he came back. Yeah, I guess. Uh, what else? This is just extreme rumor shit, but some website called We Got This Covered has reporting that. Marvel is currently planning an R-rated Blade movie, and mm. I don't, I can't get excited because I just don't believe it until I hear it from Kevin Feig himself. But Snipes last year said to Vice, "There's a lot of conversations around right now. We're very blessed to have the enthusiasm and interest in something coming from that world again. We've created two projects that fit perfectly into this world. When people see them, I think they're going to have a problem uh, with deciding which one they love most. I don't know what he's talking about there." All the main execs at Marvel, my team, have been discussing for the past two years. Everyone's enthusiastic about it. Everybody gets it. But they got a business to run, and they got to square things that they got to figure out before they can get to it. In the meantime, we got a business to run, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Feig, had Whatever. Feig said back in 2016, they did ask a long time ago, and I think our answer was no. We'll do something with Blade at some point. That's still the answer. We still think he's a great character. It's a really fun character. Um I'm all for Blade coming back. I do agree it should be Wesley, man. Like, just like I feel like Candyman should have been him. I don't know. I feel more so that strongly that Wesley Snipes is the only person who could be Blade. But I'm sure they'll cast someone else. But no way, they... dude. John Boyega would, do, would make a great Blade. That's true. There's a lot of people. Uh, I just think it's actually interesting that this website is reporting that. Uh, I guess they're not reporting that. Or, yeah, they said Snipes is expected to be involved. It's just amazing that his I think he's so tied to that character that he might actually if this ends up happening, there's a good chance he gets 
a role in a bi- huge budget Marvel movie, which like, that's crazy. His career is not, that's not where it is right now, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think like if he get his act together, I, I don't know exactly what happened and why he had such like a, a downturn and why three is famous for being a nightmare and how much is him being an asshole and how much is just the powers that be fucking with him? I don't know, but I mean, he hasn't done that much besides like the expendable movies. Right. So that's it, right. Yeah. He had he, like, you know, tax crimes and, but he's been out on those since like 2013, I think. Yeah. So he needs the dough and I'm sure he's still in really good shape. Like him coming back as blade, it wouldn't be like an age thing. I just think it'd be yeah. more like who, who's going to like, what's the hey, story I, of that movie? Is it like, yeah. is it like post all the other ones? Because uh, yeah, he will be older, and I think also like, and are they going to you know, try to connect it with the fucking like universe they have? Like, yeah, right. And then also like, you know, I hope this, they don't what, mix what, those things. Here's the thing: the studio doesn't care about like, oh man, how all this stuff he does. Ask, so it's going to be like, what's going to make us more money? A Wesley Snipes Blade movie or a Blade movie with a brand new Blade? Right. They could he, do, they could do like a PG thirteen. Uh, a four quadrant blade and it would probably make a lot of money i think it would but you know what they should do and they won't or may- i'm sure someone at blum is on the phone trying to make this happen they should do the thing they did with sony where they like let them make some stuff with their characters and they share the profits because if they did that with blum and blum got to do like a marvel blade movie with like yeah. a super like you know still keep it like under 20 million and like that movie would be so profitable and it would be gory and awesome. And I just trust, you know, the brain trust over there to make a good horror blade movie. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. And besides that, um, I got one more. It's just critters, a new binge critters, a, t- a TV series based on the critters franchise is coming to shutter on uh, Thursday, March 21st. I am, I am not familiar. Super familiar. I'm not super familiar with the Critters franchise, have you seen the original or any others? Yeah, I've seen the first two, I believe. Are you a fan? Uh, I liked it when I was a kid. It was the right amount of, like, sticky and scary. The the um, the premise of the Critters has, like, definitely the potential for, um, for a series. But to be honest, when I watched the trailer, it looked a little Sharknado-y. A it little, looks like, like it's, like, sci-fi-esque. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, just, it just has this, like, kind of, like get it this is stupid sort of thing which i was yeah the tone of it i don't like like it's, i know there's no like tw- critters purists or normally like oh critters is back but it didn't like you watch the trailers like it's a little too jokey for my tastes you know probably watch an episode or two but I, I i'm not expecting uh good things to be honest yeah so that show is called critters a new binge and uh pursued by intergalactic bounty hunters the critters return to earth on a secret mission and encounter Lovelorn High Schooler and his best friend and his mom, whose past will come back to bite him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it sounds boring. Uh, the series features Gilbert Gottfried and Tom Lennon, if that shows you the kind of vibe they're going for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's one thing that the, I figured it was in the first Critters movie or the second one. Because if you could, couldn't tell, the basic premise is these little creatures, they fall to Earth. They multiply really fast, almost like rats, but they're like they put look like furry heads with little hands and feet, and they pretty much can like eat everything and anything. And it's what like Gremlinsy, but more horror, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and they just they just travel in packs, and you know both movies were like, oh, it's a small town, and like almost like the Blob, it's just like eating and killing people, and the more they eat, the more they multiply, and it's kind of like next thing you know, there's like thousands of them, and oh golly, what are we gonna do? But yeah, they did have the yeah Gremlins is the perfect example. Like they're funny the way. 
Gremlins is or try to be funny. Well, I won't say Gremlins. I say Gremlins Two. It's Gremlins Two esque. You know what I mean? Like really a bit slapsticky, a bit a bit hammy. Um, but I forget if it was in the first or second credits. Do this awesome thing. When I was a kid, I was like, "That's the fucking." dopest shit ever where a bunch of them will like come together and form almost like a ball almost like the size of like the the ball at the beginning of uh raiders of the lost ark and just like roll down a hill and then if it like rolls over you it just com- completely eats you everything except the skeleton oh that, so, that like, rules yeah it's like this scene where it's like it's just rolling uh, like after people and like when it rolls over and there's fucking it's and it goes pretty fast it was cool so there's yeah there's definitely potential for it to be entertaining i just feel like i'm not quite sure why it's so like and I, I, when I say sticky, I'm like, hey, I don't mind, you know, making a, a horror comedy or putting comedy in it. But the vibe I got from it, like, it was almost like basically it's like saying they, the audience. It's like a parody. Audience, yeah, like, we know this is stupid. Like how Sharknado did it. But Sharknado is like, yeah, Shark Tornado It's supposed to be stupid, you know, fun. But this this looks a little too, like, I don't get it. Am I supposed to think Critters is stupid and watch your Critters show? What do, what do you want from <laughs> you know I mean? And oddly enough, this, like, all these Instagram posts have been deleted, but... Uh, those articles are still up. Apparently, Sci-Fi, the network, the TV network, also shot a, an entire new Critters movie with the original star, D. Wallace. Um, and that's coming out, too, but no one's announced it yet. Apparently, the director or whoever uh, Instagrammed a bunch of shit from it, and like it's, it's all gone now. But like apparently it, apparently that's a thing. There's so the, Critters are thriving for some reason. Yeah, they're, they're they're multiplying like critters. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think it's time. I don't have any. What did you watches besides the main events? So you want to just go to it? Yeah. So what did you watch main event? Bump bump. <laughs> All right. So, oh God, the Michael Jackson, <laughs> the Michael Jackson wait, 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 document. The Hulu, let me get the Hulu thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, but we can talk about Michael Jackson first. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This thing. It's holy fucking shit. It's a must ascend it's a must watch. It's an essential thing. And I think a lot of people like I think Harris Mayerson on his little letterbox review said like this documentary does all the things that documentaries aren't supposed to do, but it's all the better for it. And I think by the I haven't talked to him about it, but I think by that he means this documentary has a perspective. It's not true. It's not presenting both sides. It's not like Here's what the boys say, and here's what Michael's estate says, or because Michael's dead. But um, it's just a compelling case of two alleged victims of Michael Jackson coming forward and detailing in too much fucking detail, just like mm-hmm. horrifying detail. Uh, they're not. I'm not even gonna say they're abused by Michael Jackson, yes, but also their multi-year-long romantic relationships with yes. him what i want to underline that word you just said romantic romantic talk, relationships like yes. when they were like 11 year old boys it started for one of them at age seven i think he met it's, him when he was five and the sexual abuse started at seven. Oh my god yeah and it is like it's it's cool. it, yeah it's damning i mean it is the most damning documentary i've seen of a person i think ever i can't think of another like doc that i've seen that just like so details a specific like you said a a hyper specific incident yeah so and it's just all i just couldn't stop thinking about how remarkable every aspect of it was while it was happening like thinking of of the perspective from the boys being like literally this kid one of them is one of them's not a fan of michael until he meets it doesn't really know anything about michael until he meets him one of the kids who was abused 
was like the peak Michael Jackson fanboy. But like he was like a five year old who just wanted who, who wanted to dance like Michael, like a very cute five year old who like and has now grown up to be a choreographer for and sync and Britney Spears and like yeah so yeah. he's actually I was in Vegas and he's a, he's a very successful choreographer. Yeah, he's an incredibly talented dancer. It's very clear from like when he's a kid. Uh Oh uh, yeah. Totally. So that kid started his relationship. Just imagine being I just couldn't stop imagining being like imagine being 5, like whoever you liked at 5. Imagine being like I love this person, I'll be them when I grow up and then you actually get the chance not only to meet them and then you meet them and that person takes not ju- not like a passing interest in your life, but like an immense interest in your life. Like the document, as the documentary details, you find out that Michael Jackson like wasn't just like occasionally running into these boys or like seeing them, picking them up every now and then. He was like calling their house every day and and talking to them for hours. And like the families were all involved. Like the parents all thought he was like you know uh, a cool nice guy who just happened to like kid. They all they all say the same thing. That he just like is a child, and they all thought of him like a child, like he was just one. And of they them. also thought he he, and he had. And real quick, uh, I'm only going on the point of view of this doc. I'm not saying all this is true. It states some pretty compelling evidence. But, let's, but I'm, I'm going to say up top, yes. I, as a person who works in a newsroom, I know that I have to say alleged and alleged mm-hmm. after everything allegedly, uh-huh. um, okay. because you know that's the way it is. But this documentary, to me, my opinion proves without a fucking doubt like not a shred of a doubt that he is guilty of everything in the movie everything mm-hmm. that they say in the movie and then some for sure yeah what it would start what was startling to me and what you were you were getting at is for both of these boys and probably for god knows how many else he gets involved in their lives and he is like how can i explain this the way they kind of roll it out because it takes them a while to kind of get to incidents you know of, i would of say the first 90 minutes there's no sexual abuse it's just like this it just is seems my, like this is my rise to being really good friends with michael jackson at a young I age mean, best friends and he's like taking care of the family and giving them money and and the parents especially the mothers are around a lot it's like a years of it being like okay i'm going on tour again come with me like for the one dancer because like hey you know you can just be in the show and meet other dancers and just be around and like as it was going on, like, and, and and the mothers also alluded to this is like they just seemed to become like better and better friends. And Michael was just like so like, oh my god, so and so is like my best friend, and you get me, and I love you guys, and you're so great. Like he would sometimes go over to their house, or in one instance, a condo that he was paying for, and just like stay there all night, just kind of kicking it with the family, and they just doing this thing of almost like. It's almost E.T.-esque in the, in the sense that they were like, he's part of our family and we love him and he's here all the time, but we can't say anything. And you see like this long manipulation of, of getting in their lives, but also making sure that like the relationship stays a secret and, and them feeling like the reason they got to keep it a secret is because, you know, Michael Jackson from day one, he can't walk outside. He can't be I mean, if, he, if anyone knows he's there, he gets mobbed. So it, he's forcing he them the to the most like, famous person on earth for a while. I think. Yeah, like by like a nautical mile. Because yeah. unlike say like politicians or the Pope, uh or Michael Jackson and there's there's other stars who are kind of like this today too, but Michael Jackson literally could not go anywhere in public on this planet without every single person like dropping what they're doing and just like running after him. Like losing their fucking minds. There's so much footage in the movie and just and I remember yeah. seeing just of like when the trial was happening, it was a fucking disgusting, repulsive circus of people yeah. every day. 
And just yeah. before that, before the trial, even when he was just a dude walking around, there was, yeah, he couldn't go anywhere without people just mild right. the crowding. What's um, amazing about what I was alluding at, what's amazing about this doc, and we talked a couple episodes ago about abducted in plain sight, and I think that these yes, are like... I wanted to get like, to that. Both are, both are like required viewing for both this documentary and the abducted in plain sight show how a molester, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know anything about child molesting. I only know what I hear about in the news. I think it's horrible, but you'd kind of just think like, oh, this person that kind of comes in and lies and tries to, you know, do something with the kids and then go off. But, and actually you see that in both these movies, the, uh, the abductor or the, the molester, I guess, uh, they put they, they put these like long cons of years in place where they become part of the family and just manipulate every element. And in both cases, both this and the abducted in plain sight, the person who's being abducted or abused is absolutely in love with their abuser. They don't they don't think of it like, oh, my God, this person's treating me horribly. How do I escape? It's more like I mean, these guys talk about when they were with Michael, they're like they talk about it like. They've never been more in love and felt more special and just want to be with him. So then when the first round kind of came around of like other kids accusing Michael of ill deeds, they were all but happy to step up and and like be trained to lie because they're like, I love him more than anything. He is my soulmate or whatever. Like, I mean. And, and like they, they'll do anything, and the parents too. Like we will do anything to protect him. And just boy, does that this. come in handy when he's you know he goes to trial. Uh, the documentary yeah. does a great job of pointing out that exact detail. Like there'd be years of gaps in conversations between like like even when the boys stopped having sexual relationship with Michael, they still all both of them still had or one of them really Wade Robson uh, came to terms with it way later. It seems than yeah. the other guy. Uh, and accepted, how, accepted how, that he was abused. Like how but, crushed the kids were, because they also tell a story about at some point after like a year or two of of the, you know, what, what it built up to eventually a year long, you know, secret sexual relationship, uh, and then Michael would would suddenly be a little more distant, and they would see him with another kid that he's treating like special and walking everywhere and going shopping and sleeping over, and the other kids kind of feel a little left on the court, and they're like. They're acting like they just got dumped harder than anything ever. They're just like, yeah, like devastated. They're they're Sam sleepover was at Neverland Ranch, and instead of him being in the room with Michael, some random boy is, and now he's on so the couch. New one and, it's like yeah, it's like that, vivid and then, imagery. And then, and then when Michael kind of like reaches out after a couple of years, they're just like, oh my god, thank god, thank god, like yeah, like the way like the, the most the most thirsty ex you've ever seen. Like yes, please, can I come over? I'll be over right away. Please, I missed you so much. Take me back. It's like. Yeah, the and then it is staggering. Yes, and then later when Michael's in trouble with the law, and he needs the the when he needs uh, people to speak on his behalf, who does he call? But the two, you know, these two boys, or specific, actually Wade, specifically Wade and his family, because Wade, or uh, I actually think both of them didn't both the boys the first trial didn't they both testify? I don't remember. Um, there, uh, uh, there was like back and forth a lot, but there's definitely two trials. Yeah, there's back the and first there's, one. The first the one, mo- like, they, they 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 stepped up. They were like, um, you know, eleven or twelve at that point, and they were like, yeah, no, he never did anything. And I think even the show part of, I think it was Wade. Yeah, Wade. Don't want to dance interview. Yeah, yeah, and he has like short blonde hair and like his ear pierced. And he just, and he's like eleven or twelve. Yeah, he looks and like an look, NSYNC member. At- yeah, you just look at him and just like, oh my god, like that kid just looks like he's fucked up. Like just not fucked up. Doesn't understand yet. He just, he just looks like 
he's trying everything in his power to be someone he's not and just like lying through his teeth and also just like totally fucked up. Yeah, and it and it all goes back to Michael for Wade specifically Wade I think Wade is probably the bigger focal focal point of the doc. Um Michael told him specifically early on and I'm sure he told every other victim. Um you know, you can't tell anybody because in the way he framed it, very important is that it would destroy us. It would destroy your life and my life. It's not just that it would destroy Michael's life. It's that the implication that he'd go down with him, which is why he had a grip on him for so long. Like it took Wade Robson, like Wade Robson was 22 at the second trial and 11 at the first one, I think. And, and at both of them, he, he lied for Michael, even at age 22, he wasn't, he wasn't woke or not woke. He wasn't, um, in, and stepped in, out of it. He wasn't in terms of his feelings enough or he wasn't, he hadn't learned he was abused yet. Like he still just thought he had this, this interesting relationship because no one told him it was abuse. Um, yeah. And there's, like, there, there's, there's a thing in, there's a thing in this deck out of all the stuff, the stuff that I was just like jaw open. I mean, obviously the details of some of the things were really horrific. I didn't, I guess just, I, you know, I, a couple things. One, while watching this, I kind of wanted to like put my, put my hand on the shoulder of these kids and tell them something that someone should have told them when they were 11 or eight or five or whatever. And that is what I'm about to say. Michael Jackson, he kind of sucks. I don't mean as a person, like his music's kind of bad. I never got the idea of why people think Michael Jackson's so great, oh, fuck whatever, off. but That's dude, fuck, the worst thrill, thriller is thriller is stupid. No, it's uh, not. Quincy Black Jones and White is terrible. Is that shit is so, he has like one or two good songs. There's more, there's better Purple Rain has better songs than all of Mike's career put together. I'll leave it at that. Prince is always that, way better. That, whatever your opinion is, that would not have saved these boys. In but their... what, what made, you know, just like, I was like, oh my God, if only these kids could meet Prince, they'd be like, fuck Mike, I want to be with Prince now. And Prince would have probably hooked them up with some pussy. But anyway, um, what I couldn't I see believe, where you were going with that. Okay. But I couldn't believe, because I didn't really just follow the whole Michael Jackson thing, like, as far as, like, I never watched, like, Could news you not interviews. believe how public it was for years? Yes, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. There's just all this footage of him, like, walking off the plane, walking around places with the paparazzi following him, and he's, like, with just this other boy. Always. With his, Holding hands with the boy. Macaulay, yeah. Wade, his arm Brett, around whatever, the, kid. the other like, one. There's, like, like, a Neverland ranch, and, like, having a picnic, just the two of them kind of, like, sitting, and they're kind of cuddling and stuff, and, like, people, and just, like, out in the public, I'm, like, and the parents are, like, you know, we had no idea. We asked our kid if anything was going on, and they said no. I'm, like, I'm sorry. Like, even if the kid's, like, no, nothing's going on, I'm, like, all right, well, you're not, you're not sitting on a 30 year old guy's lap or walking around holding his hand just not happening like i don't care what he's buying this family but i mean i remember the trial back i remember the trial and remember it being acquitted and everyone i mean even now like if you tweet about this thing don't do it because you're gonna get a bunch of michael crazy fucking crazy michael jackson it's a hunt people are convinced it's a hundred percent conspiracy or hoax what i was saying before after watching this yeah and it's nothing, nothing to do with working in media. I just generally just watch something as being like, okay, this thing is absolutely on a point of view, and I will watch it and be Are you guys unbelievable? What's happening? And um, no, just fucking people who don't work at this WeWork walking around talking. Um, uh, what I was going to say is that, like, yeah, I knew I was watching something where it was, like, skewed to one side. So I kind of let a lot of it just wash over me and be like, okay, well, that's well, the point. That's of his, and that's what needed to happen for this movie because the stories are so personal. The Wade Robson story isn't just about the abuse of a little boy. By the end of it, I was bawling just at um, the the family. that His family was destroyed. 
Yeah, that's true. Like that whole get, thing, the ripple effect. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, and like, you know, that's, it's, it's the same, it's the same thing with that uh, abducted in plain sight. These, these people just kind of come in and it's like, you're so intoxicated by this person. It's a smoke screen. I mean, one would argue that a little less than half of our uh, current country is under the smoke screen of a yes. similar maniac. It's just you see like, wow, when people are convinced that someone is, is great and helping them, they just look at everything through a lens that's just like, you look, you're staring at something like, I don't get how anyone just sees how obviously fucked up this is. And the way people talk, they're just like, yeah, we, you know, he was great to us. He was yeah, and money you know what? this. And the fucked assembly. up part is... Uh, you mentioned adopted in plain sight and I wanted to talk about the parent culpability at some point, but like, cause I, while I agree, I feel, I feel terrible for the parents and I also feel angry at the parents, but I totally. also a hundred percent understand where they're coming from the whole time. Like if I, if, if I put myself in Wade's position or any, the other kid's position, all the same stuff would have happened because like, I would have been so excited to be hanging yep. out with Michael Jackson uh, I would have gone and hung out there and I would have convinced my parents everything was fine. I would have lied. I would have said everything. This, yeah, I, I want to point out real quick I mean, for that thing. Like they, it isn't just like, Hey, if you want to come over and kick with me sometime, I mean, from day one, Mike is like also talking to the parents. Like he almost like becomes a secret member of the family. So it's that's just what crazy. he needs to do. So they'll let him do crazy shit. Like, Hey, can I, can the kids sleep over at my, you know, I'm a 31 year old man. Can the kids sleep over at my house? He's seven. They and a normal a normal person would say, of course not, and that's both the parents' instincts at first. But you know, your friends over with years, Mike, over years, yeah, years and you're friends later. with Michael, and you think you trust him, and he all and he literally has made you rich and made your son famous and rich, and like is helping you, and like you just think you yeah you're absolutely. I don't think it's not, see. I think people some people maybe probably think that like oh the parents. You know, they knew it was happening. They just didn't care. They wanted money. No or like, way. No, no, way. no fucking way. These parents genuinely believed the shit Michael was selling, and that's what Maybe. makes it even more crazy to me. Yeah, they would say things like, he's the most important member of the family. To say, how could you let him like sleep over and, and spend all this time together? It would be like, to them, it'd be like, why did you let your kids spend so much time with their grandparents? You're just like, what do, like, what, what kind of question is that? They just, you see how they're like, you know, it took years before they were like, oh, my God, he's like a member of the family. He's like another son. Like he calls. We'll talk to him for six hours. He stops by all the time and just has dinner with us and watches movies like they're just like like this. This is this is a, a person who is as close to us as anyone else in our family. So we never thought of that. It's just so it's, it's staggering is the only word I could use. It's just like it is a incredibly hard thing to watch. It's four hours. It's like over. I think yeah. it's maybe over four hours. It's two two-hour parts essentially one and of the one of the boys not wade but the other one they even had like a, a secret wedding ceremony where mike even gave oh him my like God, a, ring, gave him a ring dude that's right Crazy. um and also the movie gets in so i think why this movie is essential for everybody to watch is because we all remember or most of us i think remember the trial or like you have everyone knows like yeah the, we still listen to michael jackson but he has some sort of history that we all know is fucked up I, we think he touched little boys blah 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 like um, right. In order for us to, in order for us to compartmentalize it, we kind of think like, well, he got off or nothing really happened. So maybe he got weird like once or twice or maybe a lapse in judgment because he's such like a weirdo or whatever. But you watch this thing and it's like it was. Yeah. And, this, and that's what's interesting is that this this is all new. Like we all knew that these there were people who accused Michael of abuse and other people have done told their stories in court. 
But the interesting part about this is that these, especially Wade, and I, I can't remember if the other one also testified. I'm pretty the other the other kid absolutely did. His family absolutely also vouched for Michael publicly. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's what's interesting is because those these are the people who who did defend Michael. These are the people who went yeah. to court for him, who said he didn't do it. Now they're saying he now they're coming clean. And here's another thing I have with the bad faith criticism of this thing. Because, like, if anyone says these boys aren't trustworthy because they lied in court, fuck off. This movie, they're 11. This, they're, first of all, they're 11, they're children, all this shit. But, like, this movie details why they didn't. It's like you're seeing, this, you're seeing the psychological reasons for all that, for why they didn't, why they were so eager to agree with the lie and why they were so eager to protect him. Like, it's all laid out there. So, like, there's no, there's no, oh, these guys changed their heart, you know. And first of all, false equivalent, false thing that people always think like, oh, these people making documentary are going to be rich because of this. It's like, no, they're not. <laughs> they're, yeah. No, they're not. The fucking money There's no reason for them to do this other than to like get it off their chest and live their lives. Like, yes. Could... Oh, my God. Wade made. I think it was Wade was one of made that point. Like once he became a dad and part of it was like he has, a, he has a daughter and he loves her. And just the thought of any man doing to her what was done to him like put him in like this, like he says, like a, a, a blind rage. I think that was part of it because he, him or the other one kind of alluded to like, here it is, they're in their 20s now. Another case is going out with Mike. They're looking at the TV. They see Mike walking into the courthouse and it just kind of dawned on them like, okay, this isn't going to stop. It wasn't, again, they also walked away believing they were special. Like maybe they and a few other were the only ones that this happened to. But here they are, you know, decade a decade later, and he's still doing it. it was just like okay this guy it's it's it, we we weren't in love he's a fucking monster yeah it's it's just a remarkable thing to Oof. behold like watching like you literally are watching uh children like child not like teens like children you're watching children be courted at first and like it's not sexual at first it wasn't it never was until it was and then it was that all the time and it's like even i when i was watching it i was like you know the, the other the, the other documentary I want to see now is the documentary about Michael Jackson's family history and how fucked up his childhood was because this doesn't just happen to to a person. Michael oh, yeah. Jackson's a deeply deeply fucked up person, and like I'm not excusing any goddamn thing he did. He's a monster. He's a horrible 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 human. I hate him. I've, who, I've never who liked I him. Think, this, I this, think I think like, I have no problem never hearing his music. I again. think he's I mean, a I think guy. he's a horrible creep, but I still. That's one of those things where I love his music and I always have. And uh, it's tough. It's one of those things. I think Scott Ackerman and Pat Oswalt were talking about this on Comedy Bang Bang this week. But they're like, they have a rule where they're like, you know what? Until we have a new thing where like, until that person becomes problematic, you like that stuff is all fair game still. So like, and then after, so like, you know, if Kevin Spacey, the Kevin, Kevin Spacey, for example, we can still go enjoy uh, K-Packs. But we can't watch if he's in another movie now. That's like where that's as a person. That's like, uh, what do you call it? Not um, the ethically speaking. That's what they yeah. think. And I'm like, I, I just don't think know. It's how you feel when you see it. Like, like I, I can. Can you listen to Michael Jackson without thinking of him putting his no. tongue in that little boy's ass now? Oh, yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. I mean, we don't need to get into the details. I here. mean, that's what but this movie's fucking tells you it's a horrifying I, I, I wasn't that big again i'm not kidding like i always just like this guy's kind of corny and years and years and years ago just especially towards the end when he was just like pale and his nose was crooked and he was just it was just like this guy is he's a he's a freak of nature this man 
and just I have, I have no interest in anything he has to say or do. And, and I had for a while. And just seeing this, I was just like, I've no, I did not want to have this human being or his work or his essence in my life ever again. Yeah, I mean, watch this movie. It's devastating. Make the time. Watch it over the course of a week. It, it's just. I think it's good for people to hear shit from the victim side because I mean, as I said with the, you'll see what I mean when you watch it, but uh, Wade Robinson's family being destroyed, like the ripple effect of this abuse, like it like killed people. Like it truly did. Um, and I think that stuff gets lost when it's just like, you know, Michael Jackson has all these accusers and you don't never hear what they're real, what they're actually about. So it was, it's a remarkable documentary for a lot of reasons. And uh, you should absolutely watch it. Definitely. It's not fun, though. It's not a fun experience. No. Uh, speaking of something that was also not fun, but for different reasons. Much different reasons, yeah. We had to watch a equally, dare I say, as equally disappointing uh, <laughs> film, Treehouse, the new Into the Dark Hulu film. Uh, so I think this I mean, one. I'm, I, think... I'm so, I, I hope this was the sixth one. I can't do it for I don't know how many more of these I can do. Yeah, they're really they're getting they're testing our patience. I actually like the last one, but I know you didn't. But this one, I guess the 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 holiday is what the Ides of March. Is that what the theme is? I guess something about I don't know what the Ides of March are, but I read the Ides of March is like the the idea. It's an ancient like the beware the Ides of March was like you know being it's kind of like collecting on debts collecting on debts yeah and the, beware the ides of march is famous because that's you know in in shakespeare's caesar thing yeah um but anyway. obviously march is spring so the idea is like this is the month where uh you settle all your debts and you yeah, yeah. you settle all your debts both financially and possibly spiritually or uh ethically and all that so stuff it's very just, this, very this is the, month, the month of comeuppance a very loose way in to this one um, and this, it should, I mean, they, why did they just do a St. Patrick's day one? Just whatever. Yeah, you know what? I think they were was so stupid. It was opportunistic. I think they honestly, a better movie could have done this with grace, but mm -hmm. this movie is trying to, it's a me too movie. It's a me too horror movie. And it's, doesn't this feel like it, it, it's kind of rehashing, not rehashing, but a little too close to the, the new year, the new year, new year one. Yes. It's similar themes, I guess. This one is just so – every aspect of this movie fucking sucks. Um, I know, and I like Jimmy Simpson. I love just... Jimmy Simpson, the star of this oh, movie. When this thing starts up – so we'll get into what it's about in a second. Now, to be fair, I have not seen the whole thing. I tried to watch about half of it, and I was like, it I took, hate this. I yeah. It took me three days to watch this 85-minute movie. So I didn't know anything about it, and it starts off – Jimmy Simpson's character, I forget the name, is like a celebrity chef, like a Chef Ramsay, and it's like starts on the set of his celebrity cooking show. And right when that started, I really perked up. I was like, oh, my God, I've never seen – any type of movie or show that kind of like parodies these types of like, you know, chef yelling at yeah, you know, re but chef reality shows that it's, that's the first four minutes at the most of this thing. It's, it's like, okay, I'm leaving. I'm going, I'm going. I away think for the I read this in a review that I was reading on paste for this movie. Uh, they, they called that whole thing a sketch of a parody. Like it's not quite there. Oh, oh yeah, I know. I just felt like when they open on that, I'm like, Whoa, is this going to be like, about a guy who's a horror movie about a guy who has a celebrity chef show. Like think of the possibilities. And then he just, it just happens I mean, to be his job. And I think the yeah, movie, the, movie, just decided to start the, movie. the movie's just trying to say like, it's, it's it, essentially the plot of the movie is a guy who's had a bad history with women who like is abusive to women. He's, celebrity gonna, chef. 
a celebrity who just happens to be a celebrity chef in this movie. Like a like a like a, a, a bit of like of a not like a chef Ramsay, but yeah, well like he, he is, the, he, he's trying to be like a show. chef Ramsay. He's being a huge prick yeah. to everyone on the show at the beginning. But yeah. um, no matter how good Jimmy Simpson is in this movie, uh, the writing is just just fucking horrible. And like I just didn't know. First of all, this movie it, it, this is supposed to be it's Blumhouse. Hulu. It's supposed to be a horror movie. It takes forty. I, I I checked. Forty-two minutes before it gets to anything remotely resembling like the horror premise, and then I was like, okay. After all that terrible exposition, that like it took. It actually like was hard for me to follow what the movie was trying to tell me. Like, you know, it was just like a guy is going to his beach house for a week because he's trying to avoid the press. Yeah, I, no, it's like the house he grew up in. It's like his parents' house. His yeah. dad is dead. He didn't go to the funeral or was not invited. So you can tell like, just everyone has written this guy off or doesn't like him. Like just this portrait of a famous guy whose personal life is a nightmare because he's just an egomaniac. Yeah, and then so the, and then he's just there in this house and there's all these women next door who are there for like a bachelorette party or something mm-hmm. like that. Who they, or so they, they say. Or so they say. And then they show up because they claim their uh, well, their power goes out. So they're there hanging out with him, and that's when the movie again. This takes forty odd minutes know, to get there. I know. When it's, that started happening, I'm like, so this is because yeah, that first forty minutes. I'm like, what? What right. am I? And, I thought it was gonna be a haunted house. And or the fucked like up that. thing is like, it's so clear long. that those women are gonna become involved like way earlier. But the movie still just, I don't know what. It's like they needed to pad it for eighty minutes, but they didn't pad it with anything. It's just yeah. talking. It's just people talking, and like so none boring. of it is compelling. It's just. I think I think he's supposed to be like charming and like funny, but the the it's just like, like he's so bratty. He's so like everything out of his mouth is like, you know, people just asking him, oh, you know, what's going on, or what do you got going on, or what are you doing here, and just whatever he says is like a really painfully dull, sarcastic comment, being kind of low key rude. I don't have any of the the dialogue in front of me, but just every time he opened his mouth, I was just like, dude, like, what is this character? Why is he being mean to everyone? He's not like clever mean or like aggressively mean. He's just like, you know, says something sarcastic to make someone feel small. And I'm like, I don't know, like, what am I supposed to, am I supposed to be on this guy's side? And if not, am I supposed to, do I want to spend the 40 minutes with him kind of winning or getting away with his rudeness just to see him like go, it never works. Also, did you notice it just throws like a hundred references a minute at you like it's trying yeah. it's trying to be so clever it, it references the movie or the anime akira it references i think the movie the witch with the black philip joke he mentioned psycho when he when he first goes to that gas station where the guy he went to school with works and asks about his sister yeah where he's like oh you yeah, he's got all oh, yeah, holes in the wall. You and your mother, or something like that. Just like, just that kind of shit of like. Yeah, that whole yeah. thing doesn't work either. It doesn't really pan out in a way that's interesting. Um, it's just the most I can't describe as anything other than forced. Like everything about it is just like, okay, I see why. When it's over, I'm like, okay, I think I see what you were trying to do with this movie, like a parable about you know a man's comeuppance in the Me Too movement. But like a movie this fucking boring and stupid, like can't get away with that type of premise it just it doesn't work like, once again i'll ask our audience because this came up i forget when this happened last but we recently saw something that was this similar where i think it was one of the final destinations where we just straight up hated the group of people and then we just like as they're getting killed off i was like yeah get through it is there an example and i don't think there is of a movie where you genuinely hate the lead character characters and are satisfied and invested in watching them suffer and die 
this 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 idea of like oh he's a jerk right but then he's gonna get his come up in spite of these women it's like in theory it's like okay great but to spend an uh, 45 to 50 minutes with this guy being having no redeemable qualities it wasn't building it wasn't built up to be like, yes let's get this guy i was like why am i watching this guy do anything i know exactly and then it's, it was just getting then they go after him i'm just like yeah i don't care what happens yeah it's all just like really stale build up that like again it just there's it the payoff is like i guess we'll just say it like the yeah, payoff here is that like these women are they claim to be witches and they're gonna like fuck with them because they all they all know a woman or or i think it's a woman not multiple women that he abused i'm not quite sure i think it was actually i think it's a couple i think they yeah. a few of them have like connections to women that he, this guy like was shitty to they don't get very detailed about it one of them involves a rape in a treehouse hence the title which again doesn't really have anything to do with anything like uh it's just so those those women those women are they basically tie him to a bed for the like once they show up and then they like fuck with him and like you think they're going to castrate him and then can I re- I'll spoil the the big reveal Please. Please. Which, which makes it all even less worth my fucking time yeah. they're not witches they were just they they used elaborate practical effects that they all set up totally believable to make uh-huh. all the witch things look witchy and they just did this to scare him, to scare him straight into not being a creepy Me Too guy. It's if like, anything, he's probably going to hate women more after this. Yeah. he's a ta- Yeah. It's just like the whole premise is like flimsy and gross. And like when that's revealed to be the actual ending, it's like, what? Like the whole premise is just yeah, to make like, women revenge. Yeah. Fuck men. Like, fuck this guy. But it wasn't really revenge. I mean, they should have just fucking killed him. Yeah. It's not revenge. It's just like they did this whole thing yeah. and they made him think it's true just to to make him change his ways it's just like so, the most, it's the what, most what we, elaborate dumb it's just like fucking trite everything about like, it what are we doing yeah there's all these speeches in it like about uh uh women's truth and like all the all the like bullshit die all the dialogue is just like i couldn't even listen to it at a certain point i just like faded out. i faded out like it's so it's just this very platitude only movie where it's like we're gonna make a movie about uh me too movement and how uh it's a revenge movie for women but then like it's actually not and it's still it's still just like about him and it's just like what is this who is this for it fucking sucks it's just this idea the the uh, the ides of march it's like once again potential just wasted yeah yeah exactly it's a stretch i i'm i don't get it like i want to know the real story behind these i think with this series as we're halfway through i think we're learning that it's the same kind of paradox or dilemma that i personally have with a lot of the netflix stand-up comedy specials where it's like they didn't all these movies we're watching it was like they got the deal and then now they have to make them it feels like well that's how i feel about netflix specials for the big ones like the seinfelds and the rocks yes it's like i got the check and i just have to do this now but before they had to try and sell it to make it good and this is the same thing it's like netflix cut Netflix, Hulu cut Blumhouse check. Okay, 12 movies for this many millions of dollars. And now Hulu just has to deliver on the promise. You know, they're, they're, uh, Hulu isn't going to cancel it. If they're bad, they're just bad. And maybe they won't do it again. Maybe Blumhouse is not interested in doing more after this. But it, it just it, it feels like a thing where, like, okay, it's got to be a, a month. That's March, St. Patrick's Day. Now, how about Ides of March? Do, like, do we, I'm sure they have a database of scripts that they passed on to be like, go back in there and see if there's it's one just, about, like, this one, this one in particular is just particularly ill conceived, fucking half assed. Yeah. Uh, and just the worst, like, the worst. Written. The worst crime of it is that it's 
boring as fuck. Nothing happens in this movie. That is, is true. It is, it is pay, like good luck watching it if you try. I I, yeah. I I don't know how you'll get through it. It took me several. And I feel days. like and I, I feel only like did our, it for the podcast. Thank you. Sorry, I didn't have a chance to. I just couldn't do it. I feel like our turkey slaughter episode uh, this this Thanksgiving will just be all twelve of these movies, or at least ten of them. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> what a bummer! Another missed opportunity. Of course, we're going to watch six more, uh, or how many more there are, because that's what we do on this podcast. Uh, yeah, but I, I guess I have nothing else to add. All right. And, uh, this weekend I am seeing the new Isabel Huppert and, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, I think horror movie. I'm not sure. I haven't watched the trailer. I know anything about it, but I hear good things. It's called Greta. I'm seeing that on Saturday and I'm going to do a special patreon episode podcast about it that's right patreon only so if you guys want to hear that get over to patreon.com backslash uh new flesh podcast i think or search patreon new flesh podcast and sign up for our patreon money that you give supports this show and makes it sound better this episode excluded from that thank you um and i'm um, gonna be yeah. gone for a little bit so i think the next two episodes plus the bonus episode will not be featuring me please don't uh, panic i will be back and I will be back for the last episode of the month and the second secret Patreon-only episode. So rest assured, J-Man will be back. Cool. And I'm going to have on a uh, former guest, Tommy McNamara. And, and, yeah, another comedian. Uh, and I'm not sure what else, but we'll we'll see you there in your iTunes awesome. and on your phone. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And Brett will be back next week. All right, mate. Death is not the end of the new flesh. Mom of the new flesh. I was hoping you'd be back.